0: Imagine wasting your life, eh? You get one go at this cosmic ballet we call existence and some of us spend it slogging away, underappreciated, in the same dead-end job hearing the words, Creative has nothing for you. Sure, you're chasing a dream, but when all the decision makers are sleeping on you, what's the point? Now look, I'm not suggesting that in this day and age slash economy, anyone should walk away from a stable paycheck just because I did a sneering video about it, but also, I'm not not saying that my name is Adam Cleary and these are 10 wrestlers who are wasting their lives in WWE Number 10 Drew Gulak if you've played WWE 2k22 Then you already know a thing or two about how much charisma Drew Gulak has his in-game tutorial section is a riot And it shows so much personality that WWE top brass never let fans see you have to wonder why that is and why poor Drew is Rarely featured when he can talk like that meanwhile when he's allowed on camera for SmackDown, he's hidden away in the background as some kind of mute extra. It's rubbish, it's pointless, it's a complete waste of his time. This guy could wrestle rings around more than half of the workers currently on the roster as well. He's about as technical as the Warhammer 40k rulebook and that recent video game role proves he has way more to offer. Number 9 Cedric Alexander I'm not telling anyone what to do with their lives here, but Cedric Alexander would make one hell of a tag team in AEW with Tony Nese, who is of course, at the time of me recording this, struggling to find his way into Tony Khan's company. He can wrestle, brilliantly in fact, but he's quite bland and lacks an identifiable character compared to some other people on that roster, and who does that remind you of? Calling Cedric and Shelton Benjamin the herd business is not doing enough. When most people think about that stable, they think about Bobby Lashley and MVP and for all the good work they did, Alexander and Benjamin were the supporting players. Since the group splintered yet again, they've been going absolutely nowhere, and it's obvious that WWE doesn't have a clue what to do with Cedric. He's the younger of the two, so it's more worrying that he's floundering so badly during the first few months of this year. Number 8. Commander Aziz Here's a quick did-you-know moment. ZZ here has had just 10 televised matches since signing for WWE around 7 years ago. The vast majority of his other bouts have come on non-televised NXT house shows pre-pandemic, and yes, he's made for the bodyguard role, but 10 matches on television! in seven years. Worse still, his importance to Apollo Crews has been massively undermined since WWE lost interest in their military characters. A move to Raw has been disastrous for him as well, especially when the towering Omos is clearly an ongoing concern for company chiefs these days. Aziz doesn't even get to stand out as the biggest guy on the brand, and that renders him pretty pointless. The big bastard is 33, and it doesn't look like he's going to moat past Omos in the designated monster role, so he must be wondering what the future holds, once creative eventually removes him from Crew's side. And speaking of which... Number 7, Apollo Cruz. WWE couldn't have expected more from Cruz when they ditched his smiling, high-flying babyface routine and turned him into a royal wannabe despot last year. He embraced the whole Nigerian accent, hammed up the cartoonish vibes, and went for it. There's no doubting that it raised his profile, but that profile has since gone crashing through the floor. Like the aforementioned Aziz, Apollo has suffered from WWE's non-stop cries of well, we need to draft somebody lately. His move to Mondays in the 2021 shakeup has done, and pardon the Northern parlance for this for to keep his momentum rolling. It's difficult to see what else Cruz could do to pique Vince McMahon's interest, though. He's solid on the mic, adaptable with his characters, and quite the worker bell-to-bell. Sadly, though, it seems he's always been overlooked in favour of others, no matter what he does. Number six, Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura holds the dubious distinction of being the worst intercontinental champion of the past few years. He was rarely on TV, and sometimes didn't even have the belt with him when he was. It was ridiculous. Also, just to further illustrate, illustrate how garbage this run was, WWE left 140 days between his sole successful defense against Cruz in September and his loss to Sami Zayn in February. Now look, I know the argument about Nakamura is that he has done his wrestling for art earlier in his career, he has a backlog of things he is incredibly proud of, and now he just wants to wrestle to get his paycheck. But are you telling me that this is better than him going back for a run somewhere else? If it's all about the bottom line, are you telling me New Japan could not do a few? Money spinning comeback matches for him, or AEW squeeze out a few more critically acclaimed contests? I think they could. Number five, Mustafa Ali. Yeah, things don't look good for the relationship between WWE and Mustafa Ali. The wrestler's release requests were reportedly knocked back by Vince McMahon, and Ali is currently on the shelf weighing up his options. Should he return to work, then he'll likely get frustrated all over again with another stop-start system that he hasn't looked comfortable with for years. His last outing for the company was a two-minute loss to Drew McIntyre during the Scott's Open Challenge days in October 2021. That had followed his woeful tag team alongside Mansoor, which in turn had come after a a dreadful run as the leader of, excuse me, And the thing is, he is far too skilled to be sitting around on his couch. He's a passionate person, a great humanitarian, and has so much to offer, both inside the ring and out. At 35, he must be thinking about life beyond the maddening whims of his twisted boss, but stay, and he's only going to experience more of them. Number four, Asuka. Is WWE still ready for Asuka? Do they even remember she exists? Who knows, because the veteran hasn't been seen regularly on your telly box since last summer. She's apparently medically cleared to return, she's all over social media telling you she wants to, but the writers must not have any plans for someone who once, and let's not forget my friends, carried the entire women's division on her back during the pandemic. That is pretty damning considering it's currently WrestleMania season and main card spots on the two night affair are being handed out like free samples. And I mean genuinely, go find me 100 fans who are either going to or watching WrestleMania and ask how many of them think it would be improved by having her on the card. And yet it still doesn't look like it's- it's going to happen, so the question must be asked, has she done everything she can in this company? She's a multi-time champ, a Royal Rumble winner, and even handled the NXT main roster jump pretty much better than anybody. And you know what, if they've got nothing for her, I will go set up my own wrestling company just to give her something to do. Number 3, the Viking Raiders. I mean, if you want the very short version of why the Viking Raiders should leave WWE, just Google War Machine. They absolutely tore the house down in Ring of Honor in New Japan, even with us a couple of times, and when they signed on the dotted line with the biggest company going, the future looked really bright. Their big, mad, hairy Viking gimmick was the exact kind of OTT goodness Vinnie Mac loved, but... He just, he showed his bum all over it, didn't he? The NXT run was alright, it was fine, but the main roster, oh god. They changed their name seemingly every week before settling on the worst one they had at any point, and since then, all the writers can think to do with them is have other wrestlers say they're smelly. Their recent feud with the Usos? Sucked, and now the Raiders are also Rams in Drew McIntyre's ongoing rivalry with Happy Corbin. That's yet another fall from grace on the creative pecking order for a team who must be sick of those by now. And the thing is, it's incredibly simple to use them because you just stop having people call them smelly and let them have really good matches instead. Which, as I hope they soon realize any promotion could do. Number 2, Elias. Who wants to walk immediately out of that door with Elias? The one-time music man who encouraged fans to turn off phones and shut their mouths hasn't been on TV since burning his guitar last summer. Unlike Asuka, though, he didn't take time off to heal from injuries. He just isn't here. Rumors of a gimmick overhaul were spoiled when McMahon pointed out that he's sort of, kind of, maybe looking a bit like Randy Savage in his new trunks. And if that's his only reason for keeping him in creative no mans And for eight long months, then ho-ho! Oh dear. How long can this drag on for? Will WWE give Elias the VIA treatment on running endless vignettes for his return across a number of months? Or will an uninjured wrestler who's simply been doing absolutely nothing for three quarters of a calendar year simply get sick of it? And leave. Either way, look forward to it. Number one, Shayna Baszler. Now, there is a popular theory that Vince McMahon occasionally likes to see if wrestlers are willing to make a fool of themselves and be entertaining you can't see it, but my inverted commas are enormous before he'll build them back up again. Last year, Shayna Baszler had to pretend to be scared of Alexa Bliss's little doll in numerous silly skits before finding herself moved sideways to SmackDown in 2021. If this was WWE's way of building Shayna up into something special, then, well, no it's not, is it? Because it didn't work. Since then, she's won two, count number two singles matches since splitting up from Nia Jax and moving to Fridays. Plus, she's been chewed up as part of the ongoing Sonya Deville versus Naomi storyline, and then chucked into a nothing tag team with Natalia. And this is, I would like to point out, the same woman who in NXT looked like the most dominant female star they had ever had. Vince's bid to make her into something she isn't, though, which is apparently a heel who's afraid of small toys, has totally wrecked any mental... She had when she moved across. And like most of the other people on this list, all you would need to do to fix her is give her a series of hard-hitting, lengthy, engaging matches, but it doesn't look like she's getting those anytime soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50